0: Yeah, well, let me play devil's advocate here. Sure. And especially since I use a lot of, a lot of these methods in my classes Ooh, uh, from sure. day one, and, and some classes more than others, of course, but and not as much as I probably should because I think some real learning, this is where real learning occurs in my classes. But what about the faculty who, member who would say, well, you know, I do a seminar-type class, and we have a lot to cover, say, you know, theory, methods of religion, or intro to religious studies, or whatever, um, and this playing games just takes time away from uh, getting into the content uh, and religious literacy that these students need to have. Um, uh, I hear this yeah. a lot, <laughs> all sure. the time, and, sure. you know, a lot of times that content does not include uh, folks on the margins or, you know, liberation approaches of various kinds. So, how do, how do you respond to faculty members who, you know, uh, think it's, it's too frivolous, it's too risky, it undermines their authority as the professor and expert, the one with the doctorate in the room, uh, and I could go on, you know. You're familiar with this. <laughs> I am familiar
1: with that. Yeah, indeed.
0: Um, and and especially for faculty uh, who have been, and this is mostly, you know, your kind of uh, uh, stereotypical faculty member, um, in at a college or university setting, um, who you know may get high praise. For being that sage on the stage, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and and I don't need to change it because it's working. See, students adore me, and they mm-hmm. I might transform their lives with this method and. Etc. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, no, it's true. We all get into ruts. Yeah. Uh, and, and easy ruts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: uh, and, and, and part of this, as I said in the beginning, is you have to find in yourself some curiosity that you yourself
2: mm-hmm.
1: are, are interested in expanding your pedagogy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, if you're not interested in expanding your pedag- pedagogy, um then it's it's going to be it's it, it, you you might not find yourself even trying one mm-hmm. of these, things. yeah. Um, and I understand that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think that uh, I would make an argument, however, that uh, if it's a seminar, number one, it's going to be smaller, and in mm-hmm. that sense, it's quite easy to work <laughs> with. With let's say ten, fifteen students.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, in in whatever space you happen to be in um that religious uh, religious arguments for example um i i think are are not only are not um are not to be learned simply doct- doctrinally
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the uh, the what what i 'm interested in is applying the religious concept
2: mm. yeah. so
1: um I think that this is what gets students more invested. So, for example, through the course of a semester, um, I will have students read uh, plays that embody the the particular ethical or religious issues that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. Um, And through these plays, they're not only learning what does a good play sound like, because we'll read a scene out loud, um, but we'll discuss what the issue is within the play, mm-hmm. vis-a-vis the issue that we're trying to learn in that particular um, religious tradition. Yeah. Uh, and so, I, I also have students write uh, monologues and scenes so that they can get... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Again, it's a different way to to use this uh, applied religious concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so in uh, with the Abrahamic traditions, I have a final paper in the class where they take an ethical issue in one of the religious traditions mm-hmm. and they write a two-person play hmm. uh, composed of a couple of scenes um, about uh, an issue, an ethical issue mm. so I've had scenes from um, interfaith you know, about interfaith marriage or um, euthanasia um, mm-hmm. and just really a thoughtful scenes. And I also have the students footnote the scenes
2: hmm yeah
1: so uh, so it's not um, it's not uh, uh, so, so it's embedded in scholarship. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah there's a connection. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and this, by the way, this final paper is uh, uh, it, it, the the scene, the little play uh, that they write is in addition to uh, a theoretical portion uh, uh, mm. part of the paper. So that the the play is only a portion of the paper.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: not unlike my dissertation. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. but prior to that final paper um we have you know as i said we've we've read monologues we've read plays we've done improvisations um uh, they've written monologues prior mm-hmm. to this it's it, and i we've talked about guidelines what makes a good play what makes a good monologue yeah. um uh, but but overall, that main idea is that that whatever the argument is, if it's a religious argument or theoretical argument of whatever sort, um, it, it needs to be applied.
2: yeah
0: yeah
1: and 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 theater is a way to apply that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah Well, could you also talk about maybe one or two specific justice issues? that have been addressed um, that stand out for you where, you know, the theory and praxis of learning mm-hmm. kind of came together mm-hmm. through the use of theater?
1: Um, well, let's see. Uh, there were, there any number of times that I have used uh, in looking at the Abrahamic traditions, for example, I, mm-hmm. in, in looking at the story of Sarah and Hagar, mm-hmm. um, I remember at San Francisco Theological Seminary, um, and uh, I did a uh, taught a course on um, biblical drama, uh-huh. and so this was Sarah and Hagar was one of them, and um, I had a Japanese woman who played. Uh-huh. She self selected the role, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, a Japanese woman played Sarah, uh-huh. and a Korean woman. Played Hagar. Oh, and this brought up the whole mm. uh, World War II yeah. uh, mistreatment, uh, abuse of Korean mm-hmm. women yeah. uh, by the Japanese army, and uh, it uh, that wow. was so. The conversation we were privileged to simply witness the conversation between these two women mm-hmm. through the characters. Of Sarah and Hagar.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: So that that was one uh, moment that was mm-hmm. this always will remain crystal clear in, in my memory. Also, um, as I said, I have students write uh, monologues, and mm-hmm. uh, I I can remember uh, some really wonderful ones about Abraham and Sarah, in particular. Uh, as uh, people, I I asked them to write a contemporary version of
2: Sarah
1: and uh, of of all the characters, to choose choose a character and then bring them into the present, and uh, so what I've heard are several scenes where Abraham or Sarah uh, are living in gated communities, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know uh hagar is brought in uh, and and you can take it from there mm-hmm. as to what mm-hmm. um i've also mm-hmm. worked with uh men writing or and men enacting women's roles mm-hmm. so cross gender work has been uh so important and sometimes uh, what I've found is that that men will uh, oftentimes select th- that work themselves. As yeah. I don't ask people, will you do cross-gender work? Mm-hmm. But if you have all these characters to write about, who would you write about?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that that's also been quite wonderful to see men take on not only Sarah, but certainly Hagar, and particularly men of color. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in my women's studies course, uh, some years ago, you can get some years ago because it was Trayvon <laughs> Martin um, yeah. and murder. Um, but uh, we took on the trial of George Zimmerman, mm. and uh, we had the all the women in the class and men in the class take different roles in the trial. And uh, uh, it was it, it basically done as an improvisation, but it mm-hmm. was done. The improvisation was done on the basis of an enormous amount of research. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and into that, of course, we we uh, once we had done the, the the first improv on it, we then did it again and introduced mm-hmm. uh, the figure of Trayvon Martin. Uh, with multiple voices playing mm. Trayvon Martin and mm-hmm. uh, commenting on the trial, mm. so yeah, uh, it, it was that was a very powerful um, justice moment in the classroom. Oh, yeah. um, and let me offer one more example, and that was um, mm-hmm. I, in a course. Uh, well, actually, in the Abrahamic traditions, uh, but now also in another course called Creative Arts that Mm -hmm. uh, I I often teach, uh, I look at Mm Israel-Palestine, and there's a wonderful play called Across the Jordan by Merle Feld, M-E-R-L-E Feld, F-E-L-D, and in it she takes the story of Sarah and Abraham, uh, Sarah Abraham etc., and does a midrash on mm-hmm. that uh, essentially tells this, the biblical story. Uh-huh. But juxtaposed to that is the story of a young Jewish woman attorney, Israeli, mm-hmm. I should say Jewish Israeli woman attorney, mm-hmm. and a Palestinian woman who's accused of a terrorist mm-hmm. uh, act. Yeah. And um, those, uh, that's the setup of the Sarah Hagar relationship between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's a scene in it where the young Palestinian woman is in jail and she's being, uh, Hmm. uh, not indicted, but
2: uh, uh, um, Mm cross-examined.
1: And examined by a police officer, by an Israeli Mm. uh, police officer. And... uh, I took or we in this one particular course, um, again, a woman of color played the Palestinian woman, not because I chose it because she chose it mm-hmm. um, and we had um, several different people play the uh, police officer mm-hmm. and um, we it, it, it was you know we certainly we read the scene in the class, read it yeah. several times, so they became. You know, easy with the language of it
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then we stopped and we improvised the scene hmm. and then again, we did the scene, but this time we allowed for uh, what I call inside outside voices to occur, mm-hmm. okay so everything that the police officer could not say out loud uh, yeah. We was then said by another person. Um, would, that,
0: would that be like Boal's cop in the head?
1: Yes, exactly. Okay. That's exactly what it is. Okay. So you can see that, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that, Tina, because mm-hmm. what I've done with Boal is re, I've, I've adapted his work yeah. um, mm-hmm. to, through the years. And um, I, I think probably a lot of people have. Yeah. Um, at any rate, so looking at uh, Israel-Palestine Israel, um, uh, through the lens of this play is very, very helpful, very uh, wonderful play, and I highly recommend you using it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Well, this, is, this could be really dangerous work in the current time. Yes, it is. Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, I want to go back to one other thing of when you talk about... Um, the participants choosing roles. Yeah. I know in the workshop on um, uh, the Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, Isaac, Ishmael story uh, that you did in uh, San Francisco for the, at the American Academy of Religion meeting, mm-hmm. uh, the way that we got into those roles was to do warm-ups, like cover mm-hmm. the space and then walk you know, pick a character and walk as that character mm. in the space. Um mm. we're in a big ballroom, of course. There are about fifty of us, I am I'm remembering. Um and then out of that, uh, you know, the Ishmael group gathered and the uh-huh. Sarah group gathered and you know, and and then there was some image theater, uh, sculpting and other things. So I I I'm sure you use different methods to get at that, but when you're talking about um, how people choose roles. If you could give us a, some more detail about how you get to that point, uh, with you know what kind of warm ups and um, what kind of space do you create for that to generate.
1: Mm. Um, I I think it's it's not. Um, Actually, what we did in San Francisco, what mm-hmm. you're describing at that workshop, was something that was much more elaborate than huh. okay. uh, what I have used in the past uh, in terms of classrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, classroom work, because of the nature of time no, in the right. classroom, <laughs> I, I, I really uh, simply ask for volunteers usually, mm. mm-hmm. uh, if if I'm doing individual work. If, yeah. uh but what what I hope by the example of, of giving you, talking about Across the Jordan and the interrogation mm-hmm. that, that of these two people, you can see that I'm not just working with two people, um, that it, mm-hmm. what happens is that more people get brought into the scene. And that, okay. I think, is crucial um, mm-hmm. to the classroom space, so that uh, you're trying to get as many people involved as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So playing an inside outside voice, suddenly you've got four people involved. Yeah. Or doing the scene twice, you've you know you can have eight people involved. Mm -hmm. So um, it's that's the that's the sort of thing that uh, I do in the classroom.
0: Yeah. So in a class of say forty, how do yeah how do you make sure everyone is engaged? um, Yeah. And in yeah that's
1: a great Yeah, that's a great question. Um so oftentimes um I, I'll begin let's say an issue uh that we're going to mm-hmm. be talking about if it's um let's see uh if if it's um sort of midway through um Looking at, um, let's say, the the Ten Commandments, um, Mm -hmm. uh, then I might use image theater, for example, to create an image uh, of of the Ten Commandments. And uh, not really have ten students, I don't mean that
2: literally,
1: (laughs) but really create an image um, with one group of students, uh-huh. in other words, I'd make about four different groups in the class, uh-huh. right, so you've got about ten people in each um, group, and for each of them, then, to create an image of the commandments, ten commandments, uh-huh. and from that image, we then discuss, well, how is that image different from that other one across the classroom, uh-huh. Um, And and how is it different from this and that? And oftentimes we'll um, subtitle the Ah, image uh, and ask the students um, uh, who are watching to subtitle it. Um, The other thing that I often do with um, images is that I ask um, students to... to do private work, meaning we've got all right ten um, people in a group. We've got four groups, and uh, from once we've shown the image, um, mm-hmm. I then ask them to create in those different groups. What are some scenes that could come out of that particular mm-hmm. image? That mm-hmm. So you might have had you know one person holding on to the neck of another person, right? Um, yeah. And, you know yeah. maybe. Trying in some way to off them, so to speak, and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know what? What is that scene about? Mm-hmm. You know, can, can we can we add a first line, last line to the mm-hmm. scene? And ah. get, uh, let them do an improv on that, um, and then I, I try to get them to do as many different scenes as possible uh, in, a, let's say, ten minutes uh, mm-hmm. to work on this, and then we all show the scenes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and comment on those scenes, um, so in, 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 in all of these cases there's a lively discussion that happens um, mm-hmm. yeah. based on these different images of the Ten Commandments and then again the applied image, uh, the, the applied um, commandments, and what does that look like,
2: hmm. you know,
1: what does it look like in your world, um, not, not back then but today yeah. Um, or or does it have no revel, relevance at all? So uh-huh. great if it does. That's a great. That's a wonderful realization.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And you know, again, sometimes this is highly successful, and sometimes it's only medium successful. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you you get people who just um, are so quiet and so shy, uh-huh. um, that they they get a lot from watching. They, mm-hmm. they will maybe stay a, a little bit in their group but um, wind up being very much on the periphery of whatever the action is. Um, and, and I find that that's okay in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? But I watch that as the course progresses. Yeah. And I, I, if, that, if, those, if, if that person or persons continue in that sort of very marginalized place, Mm -hmm. then I very slowly encourage them in whatever we're enacting in the class to find their own voice. And I'll, uh, I have, this is where, you know, you just have to intuit uh, how to do that. Um, So, you know, so Mary Sue, um, what are you thinking as, uh, what are you thinking in the midst of this scene? Let's stop the Uh scene here. What Uh is your character? Thinking as she's doing that, or, yeah. um, uh, or or Mary Sue, could you comment on what you're seeing over there in mm-hmm. that scene? Mm-hmm. Uh, how to bring students out who just who, who need a little bit of encouragement?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I see those all the time.
1: Yeah, I'll yeah. bet you do.
0: <laughs> so. Uh, for for teachers who say, well, you know, if I want to try to do some of this in the classroom, how do I get started? Um, mm-hmm. Right. Know, where do I get training? Where you know, I'm going to be posting some of the basic resources, but you know, it's good. good. It's still, I I've done quite a bit of training, and it's I'm still a, very much a beginner. There's I see the learning curve is
1: huge. Yeah, I think we all are. Uh, we all are beginners, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, how to get, um, you know, faculty to uh uh-huh, care about this or think, yes, well, maybe right. I could get some training in this and then see where it goes. Uh, right,
1: right, right. Um, so I think there, I would uh, highly recommend um, getting your university to pay for you to go to the yearly conference. <laughs> Um, the mm-hmm. uh, which is the annual pedagogy and theater of the oppressed conference yeah Pto uh, <laughs> conference mm-hmm. and uh, that's just a great place because there are workshops you can go and be part of and really see how this uh, Boal's work is used yeah. that's one way if, if you're if you're going go all, go the Boal route mm-hmm. and it, even if you think you won't it's very good education just to get that a little t- touch of that in your yeah. own work. Um, I really love uh, Boal's book, Games for Actors mm-hmm. and Non-Actors. Um, oh. And it's just a rich, rich uh, book full of exercises that I think will, um, and, and, and very well explained, uh, mm-hmm. that will help you understand um, his work. The other, there are countless books um, on uh, teaching theater and uh, approaches to acting, um, which you know Mm -hmm. you might want to take a look at some of that. Of course, the old standby, of course, is Viola Spolin. That's right. Um, But I I have to, of course, my own book, Acting Religious, Mm -hmm. Um, and. Let's see, what else am I gonna suggest here? Um I think I think as you pull in different sources, you what you have to again return to is your own curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I take this acting exercise and apply it to this part, this idea or this moment in my syllabus? Yeah. Um, and I spend a lot of time uh, applying, you know, thinking ahead of time. What are some of these acting exercises, theater exercises, empowerment exercises um, that I can mm-hmm. use with specific moments in the class? So, um, yeah. but you're really yeah. you're
0: really talking about a shared power model, not a power That's over exactly model. Right where you've got a deep respect for students, for their experiences, their voices, their knowledge, and what they Mm. bring to the topic, and you're willing to create a classroom that has space for all of that, and it's chaos and messiness, and sometimes it's going to change you and the way that you read Mm. a text. Uh, That's been my experience. Um, Yeah, that's
1: beautifully uh, said, Tina. I had, exactly.
0: I've had some really surprising moments where I was stuck. I didn't know I was mm-hmm. stuck. And mm-hmm. then, you know, mm-hmm. a student who, um, very different religious tradition from mine in, in terms of, um, you know, conservative continuum uh, mm-hmm. or even fundamentalist comes to something mm-hmm. that surprises her and, and everybody in the room. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a certain kind of truth, but to make room for that truth, I think, uh, is what yeah. you're talking about and and theater is as a uh, methodology to do that because it it's experiential um,
1: you know um, one of the things that I try to do early on in the course I mean within the first week
2: mm-hmm. is
1: uh, to uh, have the students work in small groups of maybe four mm-hmm. and I asked them to, uh, and this is after we've introduced the idea of, of image theatre, using okay. sculpture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked them to imagine uh, their uh, grandparents or their parents or whoever, or their guardians, whoever mm-hmm. raised them, uh, and wh- where did they find their meaning in mm-hmm. their life? Mm-hmm. And then I ask them to make an image of that meaning uh, of, of one or both of their guardians or grandparents or parents. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And I, I show them my parents. Hmm. Uh, in, in a, I try to mo- and by the way, I try to model each one of these things myself mm-hmm. before yeah. I start an exercise. Yeah. And, and then once they show us uh, where their parents found their, their meaning... Uh, and they they will offer just a little short explanation of it and I have to tell you that Mm. that at the beginning of the course
2: Mm
1: -hmm. you get to see where your students are really really coming from yeah because uh, you know as somebody said to me when you're teaching freshmen you're really you have their parents in the room them. exactly right Mm -hmm. so uh, it was. It, it's a very meaningful moment, and it, it, wherever they find their meaning, you know, mm-hmm. obviously the majority of them, you know, are, are, are some sort of Christian. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and more and more, interestingly enough, I think they have no religious background, mm-hmm. which is very interesting for yeah. me to have watched mm-hmm. from 2004 to the present at yeah. San Jose State. Mm. Uh, and then I, add, if there's time, I then ask them, "Where do you find your meaning?" Mm. And and I don't ask them to uh, to create a, a sculpture using three or four people. Mm-hmm. I ask for that mm. one. I ask them to do it themselves. Mm. Yeah. And if they can't, if they, if there if there's some resistance to that, mm-hmm. it's fine. But I want I want them to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and uh, and you know, again, if there's if there's if your time is tight, you can talk about it just uh-huh. within your group, just uh-huh. within your group. Yeah, you know, um, and that's okay too. But at least you've talked on where you find your meaning.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So, um, so again, this is all at the beginning uh, of of a course in which it is about shared pedagogy, you know, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. I want them to understand right from the beginning that they are tremendous resources themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, you're t- also talking about community building in some radical yes. ways, um, and I can uh, hear oppositional faculty saying, but, you know, we're not there to be a psychoanalysis group that's sometimes what you know will come out um you know as of where people who are opposed to this kind of method, either you know theater in the classroom or or feminist pedagogy um you know anything that crosses what they consider a certain kind of line um, and the way that knowledge is held in the room so how do, you, how do you address that? Um, you know, this is not a therapy session, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
1: I, I think if, if we're looking, let's say, at religious studies, uh, we're not, again, we are not there to simply uh, read mm-hmm. doctrines. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're there to see how they are applied. So, if your parents or grandparents or, or guardians, uh, how do they live mm-hmm. a life with meaning? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't call that psychologizing. I yeah. I see that as uh, as research.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's helpful. All right.
1: So. Uh, I. I, I I have also used, by the way, another uh-huh. method of Anna Devere Smith uh-huh. um, in in uh, several different courses. I've a- asked them at the very beginning. This is like the maybe second or third week uh, uh-huh. in the course. I will ask them to go out into the community and uh, do some interviews, uh, uh-huh. either with people that they know or people that they don't know. Uh-huh. Not students. Not other students, but people out in the community, friends, relatives, um, and I'll ask various different questions, for example, i um, I've used questions like uh, uh, "What is faith
2: uh-huh. yeah.
1: or uh, or describe a particular moment when you experienced your faith mm-hmm. uh, or describe a particular moment of doubt. In your faith,
2: mm-hmm. or
1: yeah. describe what you think Christianity is,
2: mm.
1: or describe what you think Islam is, or describe what you think Judaism is. Just to get mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the class, you yeah. know, like for example, if if you're if you're dividing it sort of Judaism, Christianity, Islam, mm-hmm. then you got you can use that interview method before each module. So yeah. uh, before you start Judaism,
2: mm-hmm. you go out
1: into the community, and get all these interviews about what people feel, what they've heard yeah. about what Judaism is, and sometimes you just get fabulous interviews, <laughs> uh, and and well they're all fabulous, but uh, uh, you often will hear, you know, I haven't got one idea. What is, <laughs> yeah. it? you know. Yeah. Or, or well, I hear they're good people. Or, you know, that's mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But it, 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 when you've got um, 40 students and you can't hear from everybody, because what I ask the students to do mm. is to do the interview and then come back into the classroom, a la Anna Devere Smith,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: perform, be the student, okay. be, sorry, not the student, be the person you interviewed in uh, front yeah. of the class. Mm. And I limit it. You know, I limit it to... Yeah minute so uh, and I tell them you know we're not going to hear from 40 people we're only going to hear a few, from a few but you're going to get a wide variety mm-hmm. of what people think Judy is yeah. and then from there right. you see we can go we can go almost anywhere mm-hmm. and this yeah. is again how to build the the community that surrounds the college mm. into the classroom
0: yeah that's really helpful yeah so you're about to go to Israel and Palestine um, yep. on a Fulbright. Yep. Can you describe what kind of work you're going to be doing there and well, which,
1: it's what going you're to be, hoping for? Yeah. Um, i'm going to be teaching two courses um and one will be uh, an acting course uh-huh. uh, and uh, uh so as far as i'm and because the language is Arabic it will be ah. interesting to, <laughs> and I don't speak Arabic it will be very yeah. interesting um, to use um not only body language uh mm. to begin with a lot of body language to begin with yeah. but um uh, then also I'll be using um, other students to help me translate <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's English and Arabic in this particular... Um, by the way, where I'm going is Dar al-Khalima University College of Arts and Culture. It's the only university in Palestine that t- is exclusively focused on arts and culture.
2: Mm. And it's in Bethlehem.
1: Okay. Um, so uh, it's... Uh, at any rate this intro to acting course and the second course we're still negotiating on what it will be right now
0: Um,
1: but a component of whatever it is will be community-based theater Mm -hmm. and uh, in both of these courses I'm going to use Anna Devere Smith's um, method of interviewing and then having the students do that and then come back to the classroom and become the person you interview,
2: yeah.
1: Um, but their their question and their focus uh, will be uh, material that I will then make into a play, which um, the, it will be. Their question will be related mm-hmm. to the issue of who is Mary Mariam mm-hmm. uh, in, in occupied Palestine. Yeah so uh it, I'm very interested in what in how she is how the figure of Mary is uh, uh, being used and seen in this very um, tension filled uh difficult life that mm-hmm. Palestinians are now. Are, have been leading for a very long time, yeah. but it's only gotten worse in the last uh, decade, I think. Yeah. Uh, so uh, mm-hmm. from those interviews, um, I'll be building a play, which I'm hoping that many of these students mm-hmm. in both of these classes will then be in the play, and that will, mm-hmm. uh, that will finish my time there.
0: Yeah, so you're doing a Bawal you know, doing theater on the margins with the margins, yeah, uh, as a rehearsal for revolution, nonviolent <laughs> revolution.
1: Well uh, said,
0: and funded <laughs> funded by the U.S. State Department is the part. Yes. Right? Okay,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was checking there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, it's
0: it's it, a yeah,
1: dominant it's, paradigm. <laughs> well and and another way to talk about mm-hmm. it is um uh community based theater as resistance
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know yeah um, as we imagine a future um mm-hmm. so it's also um not a, it, 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 it how is a figure like Mary mariam how is that figure used um uh yeah. to resist yeah oppression yeah. Um, I, you know, very interesting. For example, in the early twenties, prior to the state of Israel coming into existence, mm-hmm. um, there was uh, a, a very large. Uh, my understanding is that there was a, a, a significant movement that was called Mary, Queen of Palestine. Mm. So, and there, so I'm going to do some investigation yeah. of that movement. Yeah. Um, because we have, you know, returned to a very difficult time here for Palestinians. And who is she now? Hmm. You know, who's yeah. Mary Mariam now?
0: Yeah. Well, I would love to check back in with you when you return to see how all Great. this played out. Great. But, but thank you so much for um, for your wisdom and getting getting us into uh, theater as a form of pedagogy for social change and for doing justice work and building community and getting to know ourselves and others. So thank you, Victoria Rue.
1: Thank you, Tina Pippen, for inviting me.
0: Ends our conversation on "Nothing Never Happens" with Victoria Rue on theater as pedagogy. Our audio engineer on the "Nothing Never Happens" team is China Wilson, with assistance from Megan Simmons. Our assistant audio engineer is Reagan Turner. Technical consultant is Emily Gwynn, and producer emeritus is Calvin Bergamy. The theme music is by Aviva and the Flying Penguins and Lance Eric Hogan. Interstitial music in part one is also by Lance Eric Hogan. Additional music was provided by Paul Myrie of the Wabash Center for Teaching Theology and Religious Studies at Wabash College. The name of the song at the end of part two is called Palestinian Plight. And you can find Paul's music on Reverb Nation. Thanks for listening.